Welcome back. Hope you have been having a good day till now. Let us continue the discussions that we have been having. And I'm sure you would have encountered God's love in one way or the other. We are going to discuss who we call the forgotten God in this time that we have now. Before that, let us go into one important dimension in our relationship with God. We have to very clearly understand that God has called us. God has called us. Not that he has called you on your mobile or uh, your landline, but yes, God has called us. Now, how do we know God has called us? Well, if you look through the Bible, it is very clear. One of the most beautiful verses that makes this very evident is the book of Jeremiah, chapter 1, verse 5. This is what the word of God reads. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Before you were even born, God willed certain things for you. Now you have the freedom to choose not to do so, but God willed certain things for you. And God has called you. Or if you look at the Gospel of John chapter 15 verse 16, it says, you did not choose me, but I chose you. And it is not we who choose God actually. God has chosen us. Or book of Romans chapter 11 verse 29, which says, the gifts and the call of God are irrevocable. It can never be or it will never be taken back. God has called us. For what? God has called us so we spend eternity with him. The calling of God will lead us to heaven. And in our lives, we have to actually find out if we are journeying to heaven or journeying away from heaven. If we are going to our home or not, because heaven is where you and I belong. Yes, God has called us. But what is even more important, there are always two dimensions to this call is how are you responding to this call? How are you responding to the call of God? There are typically four different responses. And we will see four of them and then maybe let's find out which category we all belong. The first response is no response. Now, if you are listening to this, then you don't belong to this category because you have responded in one way or the other. That is why you are responding, you are listening to this talk or this retreat. So you don't have to worry too much about this. But there are a lot of people whom God calls and they very, very, very categorically say no. The second category is a group of people who give wrong response. You know, maybe God says, go west, they go completely opposite. 
One of the best examples in the Bible is uh, Jonah. God asked him to go to a particular city. He went completely opposite. And sometimes I feel God loves these people because he, he can correct them. He can put them on the right path. So taking a wrong response or giving a wrong response is not wrong in, in the complete sense because God will put you on the right track. The third category, you have seen a lot of people like that, I'm sure. Maybe even this retreat is made possible because of people like that. People who fully and freely respond. People who respond fully and freely. And I don't want to go into detail because you know what I'm talking about. The fourth category is the most important or interesting category because that is one category where most of us belong is conditional response. Conditional response. Yes, you heard me right. I will follow you, God, if certain things happen in my life. For example, if I get a job, I will follow you. If my family is settled, I will follow you. If I get a house, I will follow you. Me following God is for my personal benefits. And this is a dangerous category because the I is set on the self and not on God. We are more worried about certain things that we can be done or that can get done in my life through God. So God is like a business partner. God is like a maybe shopkeeper. You go to him with a list of things and you say, give me this, give me this, give me this, give me this. And if you get all this, we give God two candles. And conditional response is very dangerous, as I said, because the heart is more preoccupied with the self and not with God. Now, how do we move to a place where we can fully and freely respond? Now, our God is a beautiful God or he is a very practical God. When he asks us to do something, he gives us the help. And that help is the Holy Spirit. We don't talk much about the Holy Spirit in our circles because somewhere down the line, even looking at the Holy Spirit is, is a little difficult. So let me start by asking you the simple question. What is the Holy Spirit? What is the Holy Spirit? Now, if you're trying to answer that question, then you have tried to answer a wrong question because we can never or we should never answer the question, what is the Holy Spirit? The question should have been, who is the Holy Spirit? Who is the Holy Spirit? But then all through our lives, you know, God the Father has a particular image that we can relate to. Uh, Jesus has a particular image that we can relate to. But when it comes to the Holy Spirit, we don't have an image that we can relate to. The maximum that we have is tongues of fire or maybe a dove or maybe uh, water or maybe oil and then... Uh, it is very difficult to relate to these things because Holy Spirit is very often maybe pictured as objects, whereas the Bible always calls him as a person. The Holy Spirit is a person. The Holy Spirit is not an object or not a power. And if you look at the Bible, Jesus said the Holy Spirit in one way or the other should become our best friend because it is he who will help us live this Christian calling more beautifully, more than just beautifully, live this Christian calling with great joy. Sometimes when we talk about church or God, or we think that God is a joy killer. But for me, I believe God is the joy giver. And we are not able to experience the joy because the Holy Spirit is not there in our lives. 
you know, long back, somebody asked me, Zizi, um, why do you Christians chase flies before you eat? I said, what? He said, yeah, I've seen a lot of you doing this, you know, when you go to a restaurant. You know, maybe at home we make a big sign of the cross. In the church, we make a bigger sign of the cross. But when it comes to a restaurant, we are either scared of people around or I don't know what, it becomes chasing a fly. The Holy Spirit is the person who helps us live this Christian calling faithfully. Now, why do we say the Holy Spirit is a person? Because every time in the Bible, when Jesus refers to the Holy Spirit, Jesus refers to him as he will come. Jesus never says it will come. Now, a few Bible verses for you to help you understand. Book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Do not make the Holy Spirit sad. Can you make a power sad? Now, don't try this at home, but imagine you see someone taking a stick and beating electricity to make it sad. You cannot make electricity sad. Electricity will make you sad. But you can make a person sad. You can make your friends sad. And Bible says you can make the Holy Spirit sad. Book of Acts chapter 5 verse 3. Why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? Can you just look at the chair or the stool or the object you are sitting on and tell a lie to that? Now if you even try to do that and somebody is watching you, they will think you are crazy because you cannot lie to an object. But the Bible says you can lie to the Holy Spirit. And the third is one of the most beautiful blessings we get. At every Mass, after making the sign of the cross, the priest gives this blessing. If I start the first part, I'm sure you will end it. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Taken from 2 Corinthians 13, 13. Where the Bible is clearly saying, and the church is reminding us at every Mass, that you and I are called to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. In other words, friendship with the Holy Spirit. Now, how can you have friendship with a power or an object? You cannot, but you can have friendship with a person. And it is this person who will help us in our Christian life. So three things. The Bible said, you can lie to the Holy Spirit, you can make the Holy Spirit sad, and you are called to have fellowship with the Holy Spirit. But then, yeah, okay, Holy Spirit is a person, but why do we need the Holy Spirit? Very simply, you know, I often believe that without the Holy Spirit, we are just skeletons. Now, if you have ever seen a skeleton, maybe you have seen it in a movie or a biology lab or somewhere, a skeleton is not identifiable by sight. You cannot look at a skeleton and say, okay, this belongs to this person. You need flesh and blood on the skeleton for that skeleton to be identified by sight. The same is true with a Christian. You and I are like skeletons walking around without the Holy Spirit. People will not see us as Christians. They will see us as some being walking around. But with the Holy Spirit, we will start reflecting the nature of God and people will say, wow. So without the Holy Spirit, you and I cannot live this Christian calling to the fullest. I'll give you one example, you know. Long back, one friend of mine came to me and said, CCU, Catholics are the biggest liars. You lie more inside the church than outside. I took offense to the statement because at least inside the church, we try to be holy and nice and decent. Outside the church, okay. 
but inside the church we try to be holy so i said my friend i don't agree to your statement but can you explain what you are saying he asked me a few questions okay the first question he asked us see have you sung the hymn all to jesus i surrender i said yes i have sung the hymn all to jesus i surrender and he asked do you have any idea what you are surrendering i said no he said at mass there is a beautiful phrase which says lift up your hearts and we all respond we lift them up to the lord he asked have you ever lifted your hearts to the lord i had to think twice before even answering because i don't remember a moment when i had actually lifted my heart to the lord and he went on to give me a few more examples like this and he said now do you see you lie more inside the church i could not argue with him because in a way he was true because without the holy spirit we are like that we are like skeletons who are not reflecting the person of god because we are created in the image and likeness of god now quick look at the bible five reasons why we need the holy spirit and how the holy spirit will help us in our journey the first book of romans chapter 8 verse 15 and 16 you did not receive the spirit of slavery leading you back into fear but the spirit of adoption through which we cry abba father without the holy spirit you and i cannot call god our father second bible verse 1 corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 no one can say jesus is lord except by the holy spirit you cannot call jesus as your lord without the holy spirit third book of romans chapter 8 verse 14 and 15 all who are led by the spirit of god are sons of god So to call God your father you need the holy spirit to call Jesus as lord you need the holy spirit to be a child of God you need the holy spirit the fourth reason book of romans chapter 8 verse 9 if anyone does not have the spirit of christ he does not belong to christ to belong to christ you need the holy spirit and finally book of romans chapter uh, 8 verse 26 and 27 to pray because bible says we do not know how to pray and i'm sure you and i struggle a lot to pray but the holy spirit helps us in our weakness he helps us to pray and prayer is what talking to god so to call your father your father you need the holy spirit to call jesus as lord you need the holy spirit to be a child of god you need the holy spirit to belong to god you need the holy spirit to talk to god you need the holy spirit and imagine all these years we have been trying to live this christian life without the help of the holy spirit without the person of the holy spirit the holy spirit when he comes into our lives he tells us who we are remember what we were discussing in the morning it is the holy spirit who reveals to us who we are and equally importantly or more importantly he also tells us whose we are not just who we are but whose we are two important things that happens when the holy spirit comes into our lives first and foremost is the whole understanding that you are a child of god or the spirit of adoption the word is not uh, maybe adoption but just for our understanding the holy spirit gives us the realization that you and i are a child of god now what do i mean by a child of god let me explain with a simple example i am sure you have seen beggars now imagine a 
poor beggar comes at, to your home, where do they stand? And I'm sure they stand outside the house and from there they shout, Ayya Amma, give me something. The beggar will not walk into your house, look at your dad and ask for something or look at your mom or ask for something. Now don't tell me you stand outside your house and shout, Hey dad, mom, I'm here, give me something. If you do that, that means there is something wrong at home. You walk up to your dad or your mom, you look in their eyes and says, and tell them, I need this. Very rarely will you say, give me something. You will ask what you need. Whether they give or not is their freedom, but you will ask what you need. A beggar stands outside. The child stands inside. Beggar says, give me something. A child says, this is what I need. You are a child of God. No beggars. Stop begging. Because the Holy Spirit will help you live this child of God life. Otherwise, the whole life we will be living as beggars. It's like the story of this old man who was begging on the street with a very heavy bowl. And when he died and people buried him and took his bowl, they realized that the bowl was made of gold. You and I could live our whole life as beggars, not realizing we are a child of God. And to give that realization, we need the Holy Spirit. So pray to him. Tell him, Lord, I want to live the life of a, holy, of a child of God, not as a beggar. Second important thing that the Holy Spirit does is the Holy Spirit is the seal. Now, I'm sure you have got some certificates, at least in your class 10, you got a certificate. Imagine that certificate comes without the seal of the person issuing the certificate. That certificate is useless. You cannot use that certificate for anything. Two Bible verses quickly before I come back to the seal. Book of Ephesians chapter 1 verse 13 and 14. We are marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. Or book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 30. Marked with the seal of the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the mark of God upon us. It is the signature, like I told you in the morning on the 500 rupee note. It is the signature. Holy Spirit is the signature of God upon us. And the Holy Spirit is the person who gives us value, who gives us worth. Because as a child of God, you are immensely valuable. And that seal is the Holy Spirit. And when the devil sees that seal, he will have no power to touch you because he is scared. The mark of ownership is upon you. So the Holy Spirit actually gives us or the Holy Spirit is one who helps us understand that we are a child of God. And the Holy Spirit is the one who understands or helps us understand that we are marked with the seal of God. So have friendship with him, my friends. Have friendship with him. Then our Christian life will become meaningful. One more example I often give is, you know, long back my friend uh, gave me a challenge. He said, see, stand at the back of a church and look at people when they give peace. And he said, especially watch people who are to the extreme ends or to, who are to the walls that they are standing. And he said, watch them closely because 90% of them will turn to the wall to give peace. I don't know if you do that, but 
you know in church we don't even realize whether we are turning to the wall or to a person to give peace because we have not been living the life with the holy spirit holy spirit helps us understand that we are a child of god that we are sealed with his love and when the holy spirit comes three important things happen in our lives first and foremost bible becomes real you know for many of us bible is a very strange book some time back i remember when a young girl you know she was in class 5 i think so she was asked by the parish priest my dear child what is there in the bible without hesitation she said father my uh, brother's girlfriend's photograph and ration card because that is what they keep in the bible or like an old grandmother who went to the parish priest and said father the safest place at home is the bible i keep money in that and nobody will take it because nobody opens bible at home it is our holy book and it is inspired by the holy spirit and bible will become real only and only when we journey with the holy spirit and you will start seeing so many beautiful things about the holy spirit so many beautiful things about god the father and the son when you start journeying with the bible bible will become real and live and you would be encouraged to read it every day and it's so strange i don't know if you have ever got a love letter don't don't don't, don't share with anyone but if you get a love letter from someone whom you cherish what do you do you find a place where nobody is watching you you read it and then all of us are in the night you will jump up you read that letter again and you read it again and read it again and read it again and you will read it many times and if you get a love letter from someone you cherish and then you go to the bank hire a locker and keep the love letter there and come back and say tell everyone i got a love letter they will think that something is seriously wrong with you because you don't keep a love letter in a locker you read it you cherish every word that is there the bible is god's love letter for us but sadly we have kept it very high at home or we have kept it in places where nobody can uh, touch it is his love letter read read cherish I often say that three things would happen when the holy spirit comes with relation to the bible first bible is like a textbook you know if i ask you the formula of water i'm sure you know h2o is the formula of water but if i ask you what is formula for salvation many of us don't bible is like a textbook occasionally you need to memorize or the holy spirit will help you memorize some verses so it remains within you second it's like a novel or like a story book i'm sure you have read a novel or a story book and you will come across difficult words or phrases I usually don't close the story book there. I continue reading because I know the story will slowly help me find meaning to that word or that phrase. Don't tell me you stop to go check on uh, you take the dictionary find the meaning synonym and all you don't you continue. The same is true with the Bible. There would be portions which does not make sense with when you read it in bits and portions. So you continue reading and the story or the whole Bible will make sense of what you have read. or the holy spirit to help you make sense so it's like a novel continue reading it like a story book but third is most important i'm sure you have seen a recipe book okay for example let's say you like italian cuisine 
So you go buy a recipe book or you download a recipe sheet from the internet or you watch a YouTube video, whatever it is, which tells you how to make, let's say, Italian pasta or pasta or pizza. Now you can buy the best recipe book and put it in your shelf. You will never eat what is written there because you are not practicing what is written there. So the Bible is like a recipe book. There's no point in getting the best versions of the Bible, the most colorful Bible and putting it in your shelf. Ask the Holy Spirit to help you practice what is there. Yeah, if you don't memorize, I'm okay. If you don't read, I'm okay. But whatever you experience from the Bible, make sure you practice. And who will help you? The Holy Spirit, because he is the one who inspired the word of God. Second important thing that happens in our lives when the Holy Spirit comes is prayer is enriched. Prayer is enriched. You know, a few years back, I was listening to a bishop who asked a simple question or who said that 99.9% .9 of our prayers are prayers of petition. In other words, we go to God and say, give me, 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 give me. That is the only prayer we often know. Only give me's and give me's and give me's. So he said 99.9% .9 of our prayers are prayers of petition. And then he went on to ask, do you know what is the other 0.1%? We tried to give various responses and after a couple of seconds he said, well the remaining 0.1 is more petitions. Because for us prayer is only that, asking God. There is nothing wrong in asking God. But then that is not the only way you communicate with God. You spend time with him. Prayer becomes real. It's, it, it's like this beautiful book by Brother Lawrence, you know, where he talks about practicing the presence of God. For him, he says, when he washes clothes, it's a prayer. He says, like, like dirt leaves the dress, let sin leave my body. He says, when he climbs the steps in his monastery, it's a prayer. Like I am climbing the step, let my soul ascend to heaven. Every act becomes prayer. Not, not that you keep on praying, but your life becomes so beautiful. You are not even aware. And that is what... The Bible says the Holy Spirit will pray for you. You don't even have to worry too much. And then you start communicating with God, talking to God, just enjoying his presence. Maybe just going into the church and just sitting there, no talking, no listening, just being there and saying, wow. And for that level of prayer to come into your life, you need to ask the Holy Spirit. And third, very important thing that happens in our life is life is completely changed. Or the way we look at life completely changes. When the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, you will, you will start looking at life in a very different perspective. I often give the example of David and Goliath. You know, if you look at it in a very literal sense, David killing Goliath because he had faith in God was not a very big thing. It's something like this, you know, let, 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 let's say I'll give you a small piece of stone and imagine I'm standing in front of you and I ask you to throw the stone at my eye and I'll tell you if you don't hit the eye, I'll kill you. Many of you will not try throwing the stone because the target is very small. But if I ask you to throw a stone and it, it can hit anywhere on my body, I'm sure all of you will give a try because the target is big. You know, all the soldiers, they came, 
they looked at Goliath and went back to their king and said, Goliath is so huge, how can we kill? David, a young shepherd boy filled with the Holy Spirit, came, saw Goliath, went back to his king and said, Goliath is so huge, how can I miss? The target is so huge, how can I miss? You see the change in perspective, the way we look at life? You know, when the Holy Spirit comes into our lives, we will stop telling God, God, I have a big problem. God, I have a big problem. You will actually turn to your problem and say, hey, problem, I have a big God. Hey, problem, I have a big God. Life is changed completely. The way we look at people, the way we relate to people will change. Because the Holy Spirit will make sure that happens. So let's make friendship with the Holy Spirit. And at least in my little life, I have realized that one of the first steps to making friendship is shaking hands. Yes, this is Corona time, so you are not allowed to shake hands, but you can shake hands with the Holy Spirit. So as we pray after some time, after a few seconds, I would encourage you to, in, in, in your mind, in your imagination, to reach out your hands to the Holy Spirit. So let's close our eyes for a few seconds and tell, Oh Holy Spirit, I need you. Oh Holy Spirit, I love you. Oh Holy Spirit, I am yours and you are mine. And in your imagination, imagine him standing in front of you and tell him, Oh Holy Spirit, I want to make friendship with you and reach out your hands and try to shake hands with the Holy Spirit. I'm sure you are having a beautiful time with the Holy Spirit. Let's end with this beautiful prayer to the Holy Spirit. So you can read the prayer with me from on the screen. Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit, that my thoughts may all be holy. Act in me, O Holy Spirit, that my work too may be holy. Draw my heart, O Holy Spirit, that I love what is holy. Strengthen me, O Holy Spirit, to defend all that is holy. Guard me then, O Holy Spirit, that I always may be holy. We make this prayer through Christ our Lord. Amen. So thank you for spending this time and I pray God bless you. And I hope that you realize who you are and whose you are. And above all, try to understand that our life is to be led by the Holy Spirit who will help us reach home. Thank you for spending this time and I hope we will meet somewhere. If not here on earth, I'm sure you and I will surely meet in heaven where we can give each other a hug and a high five. God bless. Have a wonderful life. Thank you.